Hi, everyone. I am Valerie Malone, life coach, motivational speaker, creator of Love Your Life program. Today, I have lovely Tanya. She's a Tara life coach, psychic medium. She is voted the number one psychic in the world. Welcome and thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. And I was voted number three psychic in the world, actually, um, yeah. in 2012. So that's been a huge, uh, a huge thing, actually, to be a black woman who was uh, voted psychic, you know, in the world, because there's not many of us that get that type of energy, and especially coming out of Europe. So I guess let me introduce myself. Well, before you introduce yourself, I tell you, I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of knowing you because I tell you, I brag, I brag about you with everyone. Every time I talk to somebody and I'm like, I know her, she's the number three <laughs> psychic in the world. So not only I'm proud of you, but I do brag about you with all my friends. I thought, well, I know, I, I know her. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but go ahead. So, tell us a little bit about it, about you. So I, I, and the interesting thing is people always ask me, how did you get there? And how I got there was I, I started doing tarot readings in a coffee shop where I was teaching yoga. I was just starting my business. I knew I didn't want to work as a librarian anymore. I actually, I went to school to be a librarian. So I, um, was working as a school librarian for many years. And I realized that the education system was not serving brown and black children. And so I said, you know, I know there's more for me in this world. And I started thinking of everything in a four-year plan because my daughter at that time had just started high school. And I said, you know, she's going to be gone in four years. What am I going to do with myself? And I was like, I know I don't want to be this librarian, you know, and so, and it's interesting because I went to library school at 27. So by the time I was in my thirties, I was already over it. <laughs> and so people were like, you're like the youngest librarian I've ever met. And I was like, yeah, actually. And so I, I, I quit my job as a, as a librarian and I went and got yoga certified and I started teaching yoga all over the place. And then to supplement my income, I started going to my favorite coffee shop and was doing tarot readings there on Thursday nights for a dollar a minute. And I would, you know, I started out just having a few people and it just continued to grow. I was there for maybe four years every Thursday and I got written up in the paper. And by then, I mean, there was no social media. The first social media that I ever used was Craigslist. Right. And so then women started booking me for wedding parties and bridal showers. I even did like a Harry Potter festival when the first Harry Potter came out or I was the psychic with my crystal ball kind of thing. <laughs> and so um, from there, I, it was, oh, from there, then Eat, Pray, Love came out. Eat, Pray, Love came out. And that just, that was like, oh my God, this is my story. And so after it came out, this was when authors still went to all the bookstores. So I got to meet Elizabeth Gilbert before the book went on Oprah, before it was a movie and everything, when she was still very unknown. And one of the Chicago Tribune um, writers was sitting behind me as I was talking to the women in front of me, t telling them how this book changed my life and how I was, you know, a single mom, yoga teacher, a psychic, and a tarot reader. 
And so he ended up writing a story about me and the Chicago Tribune. I had no idea that this was happening. And there's these amazing pictures with me and Elizabeth Gilbert. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so then more and more people started coming to meet me for my tarot readings. And then I also, in my spiritual center, I had decided to become a spiritual counselor. So I was in school for spiritual counseling for about three years. And again, this is how I just built myself. So I was teaching yoga. I was in school to be a spiritual counselor. And I was doing my tarot coffee reading, my tarot shop readings. And so I would have spiritual counseling people in the living room and then tarot clients in the kitchen. And so it was like this, you know, thing. And then I, it was 2008, I remember, when I did my first video on YouTube. YouTube had just come out, and it's actually still there, and I keep it there, and I watched it not too long ago, and I was like, oh my God, it's so funny <laughs> to see myself on video for the first time, because I remember I was, first of all, terrified, and second of all, I was like, how many people are going to see this video? And so I remember just starting doing my tarot readings. And so, and nobody else at that time was doing tarot readings on YouTube. And so then a friend of mine and I, um, another tarot woman, she shared with me, she's like, what about you start your business tarot life coach? Cause you're a spiritual counselor and you're doing tarot. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. So I remember making my first website that was in late 2008, 2009. Um, actually, yeah, it was 2008, I remember, because we still had AOL dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember and those so, days. Yeah, right? And yeah. I remember my daughter fighting with me, get off the phone. And I was like, I'm online. <laughs> so it was one or the other, right? Right. And so, so, yeah, I made my first website. And then I knew she was graduating. And the next year to go off to college. And so I was like, I really got to make a go of this because I didn't want to go and work for anybody else ever again. And so I just kept doing my videos every week. And then I started a blog talk radio show. So I started expanding and I'm not sure when Facebook came out, but I want to say it was maybe 2010, 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was early adapter on Facebook. I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing. So I started doing, adding my videos and doing tarot readings every single, almost every day on my website, it was every day. And so I was sharing it on Facebook. And so fast forward to 2011, no, 2012. So my daughter went to college. I was like, I I, I just, I was an empty nester for the first time in my life. And so I was like, what am I going to do with myself? Who am I becoming? And so I just kept doing what I was doing. And lo and behold, and I was traveling all around. I was in Europe for a little bit. I was in um, the United States traveling around trying to find my place because I had been a single mother for so long and had so much responsibility. So for the first time in my life to be alone and could have my own time, I was like, I want to get out of here. (laughs) So I just knew I wanted to travel and I, it was, yeah, that was one of my biggest things was to travel and to see the world. And so I was at the time living in Key West, Florida. I had been, 
I had went down there and I was a bus boy because there was no, I came in during the high season and I had no idea about this high season and low season. So I came in, in the beginning of January. So every, all the waitressing jobs were taken and the only job that I could find was a bus boy. And so I remember Rick, the owner of Blue Heaven Restaurant, which was one of the best restaurants in Key West at the time. He's like, are you sure? He's like, you went to college and you have a master's degree. You're 39 years old. You want to be a busboy? And you're, you know, the way I look, you know, and he was like, and I was like, I need this job. I was like, I need to get a place to stay. I need this job. And he's like, okay, I'll give it to you. And so I became a busboy and then I became a hostess. And then I um, went to another restaurant and started working there. So I was a server. I was a busboy. I was a hostess. I still had my radio show. I still had clients at that time. And I'm sharing all of this with you because I remember every morning on my way to my job as a, as a waitress, I worked the breakfast shift so I could have the afternoons for my clients and my other work. And so I would be on my way to the beach, um, to Southernmost Beach Cafe, which is still there, right. uh, I think anyway, because it was a hotel and a restaurant. Um, it was still there. Yeah. And yeah. so I would go there every morning at 6.30 in the morning and I would look at the ocean and I would say, I know you have more in mind for me than this. And so that was end of June. It was like exactly at this time. And I got an email. And the email was, I, we, we want to invite you to participate in this TV show. And I just kept saying, delete, spam, spam. I was like, where do these people get my number? Right. And so I finally went to read one of the emails. And one of the women I worked with was Russian. And I said, can you tell me what this says? Isn't this Russian? And she's like, oh, my God, they want to invite you to the TV show. And I was like, what? And so I said, yeah, okay, if you're serious, call me, right? And so everybody was like, oh, my God, this is one of those black market. They want to steal you and put you on the black market. Did you see the movie Taken? They're going to steal you. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, like, I heard every story. And um, they called. And they said, we want to offer you an opportunity to try out for our TV show in Kiev, Ukraine. And I was like, what? It's like, where is Kiev, Ukraine? Right, right. <laughs> and so, but something in me just said, you need to go. So I quit my waitressing job. I got on the plane and I was in Kiev for about a week. I tried out for the TV show. They invited me back. I had a contract and I ended up living there for almost about nine months. And um, yeah, we started out and the tryouts was something I had never seen before in my life. Right. It was over 5,000 people. It was, I mean, from all over the world. And I had never seen anything like this. I mean, I saw people dressed up as Vikings people dressed up as Dracula, people had snakes, people had birds. I mean, all kinds of healers and medicine women and shamans from every walk of life. And I was like, wow, here I was coming from being a waitress. (laughs) And so they selected me out of all of these people. And so we started out, I think at about from 5,000, then it went down to 
a few thousand and then it was down to 200 and then it was down to about 100 and then 50 and it just kept trickling down and then we had a, a part where people had to vote for us and so many people because I would always go out and about I'm a very social person so I'd always go out and try on makeup and go shopping and so people would see me all over Kiev and they're like oh my god I'm gonna vote for you next week oh my god you know and so um yeah they voted me number three psychic in the world and it totally changed everything and the tv show was their top rated show we had 33 million viewers every sunday it was prime time eight to ten so it was two hours every sunday every household was watching it the hotel that i was staying in they were all watching it they couldn't believe that i was living with them and they i mean i was living in the hotel and they're like there you are on tv every sunday and so it really, it changed my life, but it was, I definitely feel what I was meant to do because actually, true story, my great grandmother named me Tonya, mm -hmm. short for Antonina, because her best friend was a Russian woman. Wow. And so I've always had this very strong connection to Russia and Ukraine. And so they were so fascinated. Do you know your name is is Tanya is a Russian Ukrainian name. And I said, yes, da, da, Lord is sure. <laughs> that's, that's why. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah Cause I, so. I said, Tanya, Tanya is like more like a Russian. I literally said that to my daughter. I said mm -hmm. that Tanya is Russian. Yeah. Yeah. So what a fascinating story. First yeah. and foremost, before I even start to ask you any question, this right there tells you that ladies, if, if you doubting yourself, look at this woman, like, I mean, you stay true to yourself. You just keep moving forward, keep moving forward. You didn't give up and you believed in it and it came true. It did. Yes. And I, it, it's still, still shocking to me today because, I mean, I was a single mother at 19. They thought I was going to be a statistic. And I told them, no way. I went to college and then I went to graduate school and I already knew there's no way I'm going to be a statistic. You know, and even when I was a librarian, like I said, no one had ever seen a young black woman librarian like myself. And so I, I just, I knew I wanted to be who I wanted to be. I didn't want to have a boss. I wanted to be my own boss. Wow. I knew I wanted to um, do what I love because I had seen all the women around me struggling and hating their job and hating their boss and all these different stories and i just didn't want to be one of those women well you're far far away from statistic i gotta tell you that but um let me ask you the question so why is your spiritual practice is so important for women spiritual practice is so important for women because we are the spirit givers in the kabbalah it teaches that men are the light and we are the vessel which means we hold the light we hold the light and we disperse the light. And so spiritual practice for women is because, because we hold it, we contain it. And, and life comes from us. We, I mean, even Mother Earth, we call her a woman. Mm -hmm. And so to have a spiritual practice keeps us from the mental chaos and the emotional disruption that we feel going through. I mean, because our heart space is also... A volcano you know mm -hmm. and so when we have a deep spiritual practice what we do is allow ourselves to stay in our place of well-being 
and stay connected to our true self as opposed to listening to who the world thought you were supposed to be and how you were supposed to be. Because if I had listened to what everybody else thought, I would still probably be a librarian in Chicago right now. Yeah, because it kind of goes through with that. And you said it such a beautifully because when you, when you practice spirituality and you know it, you're like, that's your true self. That yes. is the key. That is your true self. So what is a fearless love and why is it needed? Because a lot of people between disconnecting themselves from spirituality and going through everyday life, and like you said, from noise in their head, it seems like people are giving love to other people, but when it comes to their own self, it just, there's a lot of confusion. Oh yeah. So fearless love is, is really about saying, I, I care so much about myself that I'm going to be fearless. This is faith, you know, fearlessness is faith. Fearlessness is fierce and fear and, and fearlessness is our feminine energy. You know, and there is an African tribe, the Dahani, who were the most fierce warriors in Africa. They were feared all around Africa because of their fierceness. Uh -huh. But in that fierceness is also their fearlessness. Because if we walk around, and many women walk around in our bodies in fear, when we walk around in our bodies in fear, what we're doing is creating more fear, not only in our bodies, but in our mind. And fear creates disease and illness and chaos and, and mental illness within our systems. And when we, again, as the, as the holders of the light, when we don't have our deeper connection to our own light, then we're not we're not able to be the vessels of spirit that we're meant to be. And so having this fearless love, which is the word that I chose for 2020, which is amazingly, you know, it goes right. really well with right this year. Because we've got to be fearless, you know. I mean, if we live in fear, then we're trapped. And fearless love says, no, I'm, I'm not trapped. I am free. I am liberated. I am, I am spirit. The thing is, we get so attached to these body forms that we forget underneath all of that, underneath our humanness is our spirit and our spirit is eternal. Well, like you said, in a very perfect time, underneath of all of that, we are spirit and we're all the same. And unfortunately, yes. like I said, 2020, this is your time because uh, as you see what's going on with the world and how unfortunate it is that we separate people. And I always say, if you shed all the titles and all these um, ex like perception of people because of exterior level, then underneath that, all oh, we're love, we're fearless, and we're a spirit. Absolutely. And, and when we walk in a room and we meet somebody, we have to look at them from that perspective versus that comes first and then it comes like, you know, what is your job or what, you know, what are you from and all of that other titles, which unfortunately, and, and the, today's society, we're doing it the opposite way. So that's what, how can uh, we learn to be fearlessly love our life? Like, how can we practice it? How can we actually think of that? That is, that is so important. And this is why a spiritual practice is so important because we have to develop and cultivate practices that lift us and shift us. You know, we can't 
stay focused on the past, what happened? You know, I just made a post about, I, I can be focused on what happened to me or I can choose to be who I want to be. And so, you know, really cultivating practices, breath work, meditation, yoga, healthy eating, spiritual well-being, you know, mental, emotional well-being, all of these different practices that we do to keep our energy, to keep our light. So many women are lost without their light. And so many women are, are holding on to the divine masculine. You know, I was a teenager in the 80s. And it was like, you know, women with the power shoulder pads. I remember it's like, who are we quarterbacks? Yeah. You know, <laughs> So we took on all this masculine energy that we forgot our femininity. And so women are caught up in trying to make themselves look so feminine with the lashes and the lips and the butt and all this stuff. They want to look feminine but they act like men. Right, right. You know, and they're so aggressive and, you know, swearing and the way we eat. What happened to our divine femininity? This is why so many women are, are disconnected from themselves because our bodies have been vandalized and we are the perpetrators of it the most. We believe who we are is this body, but we are spirit. And when we allow ourselves to come back to that place, instead of, I'm this body, I have to look this way to attract somebody. What we're already doing is, is hurting ourselves. Because if we have to put on lashes and hair and do all these other things, then we're not being true to ourselves. Right. And being true to ourselves is our essence. Again, it's our spirit. And also, would you agree to say that I think the main thing people do that because in the end of the day, for me and you look at it, and I know me and you personally talk about that, the feminine, like we, we, um, we try to get other people to like us because everybody needs love. Everybody. It's just that they're getting it from the wrong way. They're not so much uh, paying attention to their own true self and the spirituality versus like you said, the exterior look of putting the hair, the nails and making their butt big or wear clothes that very exposing themselves to get a wrong attention from the wrong people. But in the end of the day, they really need love, that love. And the love doesn't come from anything about what you look like. Wow. Love is an internal experience. And, and this is the thing that women have forgotten. They're constantly looking to get this love from men, but have forgotten how to give it to themselves. And that's what fearless love is. You don't get that from somebody. You cultivate it within yourself through spiritual practice, through knowing yourself. You know, right. woman, we need to know ourselves. Because if we don't know ourselves, how can we teach this to our children, our daughters? Right. You know, if we put ourselves on display to attract, how can we then tell our daughters not to dress this way or be this way when we're doing it? We want our daughters to be known for their minds and not their bodies, yet we are spending all of our precious time and energy on the way we look. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. So with that being said, it's going to bring me to my next question to you. Now, I, I personally believe I'm going to give you my opinion on what it is, even though it's unfortunate the coronavirus happened, so many people died. But at the same time, on the positive side, it was a blessing that uh, got us like little slow us down in life. So how can one be connected with itself and, and live a life, peaceful life with all these chaoses going on? in the world and especially right now between the uh corona and between the like you know the protesting and between you know george floyd's uh, uh lost 
there's so much emotions are going on. There's so much, you know, hate and there's so much confusion. How can we tone ourselves and be like, okay, I, I call it the, the, the P, the P, the power of the P. And so there's three things that we can do. The first P is to pause. Say, wait a minute. I'm out of my mind. I'm out of my peace. I'm out of my happiness right now. I am not feeling myself. That pause brings you to your present. And when you're present, when you're not thinking about the future, you're not focusing on social media, you're not worrying about the future, what you're doing is saying, wait a minute, let me take a moment to myself. Who am I being right now? Where is my attention? Where, is my, my, where am I sending my power or leaking my power? Then the second P is the prana, the breath. When you take a breath, that's how you, again, come into the present. That's how you calm down that nervous system who's always in constant flight or fright, freeze or flee mode. When you take that breath, that prana, that is your life force. Because guess what? If we don't breathe, which is what's happening out in the world with this mask, we're not breathing fresh air. We're losing our life. Our immune systems are being compromised. And so prana is our life force. And then the third P is prayer. And so many people think they need to get down on their hands and knees and, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I did this wrong or give me what I want. But prayer is taking a moment, again, pause, breathe, prana. I am grateful. I am grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. I am grateful for this experience, whether it's a challenge or it's a circumstance, I'm grateful that it's teaching me to be a better person, to be a good human, to stop myself from hurting myself or other people with my judgments, with my, my ego self. You know, a prayer is not asking the universe for what you want. A prayer is for you to listen. And many of us are so caught up in our thinking, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. You know, the universe, God, goddess, whatever you decide to call it, created everything in this universe, the birds, the planets, the, the, the solar system, the cycles. And if that same spirit created us in divine and perfect harmony with all the other animals and everything else out in the world, what makes us think we can do a better job? than than the universe amen we're so so we're trying to figure things out no 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 turn it over you know one of my i my first prayer in the morning is here i am i am here i turn this day over show me guide me teach me lead me decide for me direct me let me hear your voice instead of mine because my mind can be the crazy mind, you know, our ego mind. It has been conditioned, you know, just like what colonization is, that's conditioning. And so when we allow ourselves to let go of the thinking mind and come into the spirit mind, then that's again where we know, wait, I need to pause. I need to, that fresh prana. I need a moment to pray. Who am I being right now? Tanya, you said it so beautifully because I'm telling you, me and you, we met each other, we talked to each other, and you can ask anybody that knows me so far, and I always say, 
Now, recently I had a girl, she was talking to me and she was going out with this person for a couple of months and then they broke up and she got devastated, devastated. And she asked me, what do you think I should do? I, should, I said to her, here's what I want you to realize. God or whatever anybody out there believing, whether it's a power you're believing, whether you're doing through the meditation, spirituality, or simply a faith of God that you are going praying. If God created a person for you to go love that much, that when that person is not with you, brings you to his, imagine how powerful that is. Because he or she, or whatever you believe is created all of us. And like you said, we always ask, we always ask. A lot of people get up in the morning, God, give me this, God, give me that. But if you, like you said, open-minded, say, guide me. You're already choosing my path. Just guide me and give me ability to do my best today. That's it. You know, we're so used to getting. What about what we give out into the world? We give judgment. We give hate. We give our ego self. We don't, we don't ask for help because we think we can figure it out. But again, we can't figure anything out. Our minds are crazy. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a teacher and a student of A Course in Miracles. And I, I know we have two minds. We have a mind that knows spirit and we feel it when we go out where? In nature, which was created by spirit, the same mm -hmm. spirit that created us. That's why so many people go on vacation outside because they know that nature feeds them. And yet when they're in their thinking, there is no spirit there. And so we go into give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But when we go outside, we're being given everything. We get the happiness. I see when people come, you know, to Puerto Vallarta all the time. Oh my God, I just love it here. It feels so amazing. It's so calm. It's so peaceful. See, the universe is giving you that. Right, right. But we're so busy. And then that's how people become materialistic because they're so busy, 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 working, 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 workaholics. And that's why they go, like you said, on vacation. You are such a beautiful person inside out. You mm -hmm. really are. And I so thank you so much for coming over here and sharing your experience with us and giving us this idea how important it is to get in touch with our spiritual side to be and to get in touch with our feminine side with our feminine side. So I thank you so much for being here. Now, I'm going to put all your social media and contact underneath of this audio so they can find you. And trust me, a lot of people will go see, find you. Do you have, I know we talked about, you have something that you're working on. What is there that you're working on that is coming up? So the thing I'm working on is Brown Girls Who Coach. Okay. And this is um, a community, but it's also a connection. And it's also a place for Brown girls who coach can come together where we can, you know, support each other and lift each other up and, and work together and find ways to create something else for, for sisters who aren't as far along as we are. Or, you know, um, I have five young ladies in Ghana who I support spiritually, and they were at a boarding school being supported by some other sisters that I work with. And right now they're back at the orphanage where they were found, where we originally located them. And so, you know, giving back in ways like that, because again, supporting our youth, supporting our next generation. So Brown Girls Who Coach is really going to be a place, a hub for us women of color, you know, to come and know that we can support ourselves, each other, and 
the bigger collective because we know that it is going to be a woman who saves the world. And so by us joining together, you know, I always say one sparkles, but many glow. Wow, that's beautiful. So whenever you get that, let us know so we can put that out there and these uh, lovely ladies can find you with, for that program. But I know that I'm going to put the rest of the stuff over here for people to see you and find you and follow you. You're all over the place. You're on Instagram and Facebook and you have your website. So I'm going to put all of that. Thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for sharing with us this amazing story of yours. Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. And Women Helping Women is something that I absolutely I'm so grateful to do. Thank you so much.